0: Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. This is Kim Hickey here, and I have a wonderful guest for you today that you're going to love, Mr. Jay Goninen. And did I say your name right, Jay? You nailed it. That is phenomenal. That's a tough one to say. All right. Well, I, it's very important because Jay is a fellow podcaster, and so hopefully he'll give me some tips and stuff after this because you guys know I'm kind of new at this. So still learning and, and then plugging along. So we got we got big shoes to fill here. So don't be too harsh on me, Jay. Don't be too harsh on me. Uh, you're great. You're great. <laughs> I, you'd never have any trouble with this stuff. You're you're awesome. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And, and Jay and I have, are in some of the same circles in our automotive industry and have had the pleasure of serving on some panels together and uh, presenting and some other things. So pretty exciting. And just want to tell you a little bit about Jay. He started working in his family's uh, independent repair shop at nine. So I don't know, there might be some laws about child labor or something, but we (laughs) won't talk about that in this episode, but I think there maybe could be some therapy counseling sessions after this and, you know, all of that uh, to go with that working at nine. And, you know, he's been in the industry ever since, like many of us, you get the bug. And I always laugh that it's like, God, um, Al Pacino and Godfather three. It's like, anytime you try to get out You know, they pull pull you back in again. (laughs) They don't let you get out. Yeah, (laughs) they don't. They don't. And then you started as a tech and then moved into management. Right. And then work in both the, the gasoline and the diesel industry. Right. For for our stuff.
1: Yeah. That's
0: kind of exciting. And then come fast forward, you know, from nine to now and 2017, you you founded Find a Wrench as a way to help shops and dealerships find some qualified techs, right? Because that's a huge problem that we all have. And then when you were doing that, you kind of saw that hey we need to get some uh develop talent find talent and a bigger issue the tech shortage that's going on on and then you figured out that you know like like many of us uh, you need a partner you need a team you need a coach and you need whatever and you kind of hooked up with Mark right Mark Wilson and yeah. then uh started started wrenchway. so the rest they say is history right
1: yeah it uh i mean you went through a lot there and it it really is uh, I think something over the course of my career where I, I take pride in is learning from stuff that we've done and trying to fine tune it and really make it of value to people. Right. And I think the, the whole reason we started Finder Wrench in the first place was because my, my history and everything that I had been around led to the point that there weren't enough technicians and people were really struggling. It, it hurt to find technicians. And even as we evolved with Finder Wrench, the company grew pretty quick. What we noticed was what worked at one point wasn't working anymore. Um, job boards weren't working nearly as well as they used to. We were really struggling in some capacity at, at helping our clients out and finding people. So uh, I teamed up with Mark Wilson, uh, my business partner and a friend for many, many years prior to that. He was not in the automotive space really ever prior to to joining forces with me, but He had a tech, like a technology background, right? Which for me, I'm terrible with technology. I'm awful with technology, but he had that end of it and just is a really, really smart businessman. And so when we kind of teamed my knowledge up with his kind of business expertise and his uh, knowledge of technology and development of technology, uh, we developed wrenchway as as a way to maybe stand out from the crowd differently than you could through a job board, and it's been a really cool process through all of this. I mean, going through our growing pains and and really trying to figure out what brings value uh, doesn't go without it. The, the road bumps and and uh, just like any <laughs> company, when when you do that, but it it also I think as we've evolved, you really start to understand the pain points of a shop and where they can get better and almost poking holes in their process i know ati is so good at that in terms of getting their processes in place and it truly is it's it's very similar in the working on your business not in your business type model and really that's what wrenchway had evolved to was was really teaching people how to go after this and not just posting on a job board and praying that you're going to find somebody but really going after it proactively and consistently. I think consistency is such a key in both the finding good talent, good technicians right now, but also having a long-term plan on how you're gonna, how you're gonna bring more people into the industry because we can't just keep going the same way we are. Um, with the shortage, it results in people stealing texts from each other and not a really conducive environment to working together with other shops because everybody's trying to get texts from the other one. And so, foundationally, I think we're very much a mission-driven company in that we want to bring more people into the industry. We want to keep the ones that we already have in the industry. Uh, That's a big problem that I don't think enough people talk about is we'll get techs in the industry, not only techs, but service advisors, service managers, and they end up leaving the industry. And that is such a brutal piece and a brain, you know, really... Almost an escape of our brain power when they leave the industry, and it's just a killer. So hopefully that's what we're working on is is the health of the industry as a whole uh, when it comes to talent and uh, feel like we've learned a lot and and really keep growing this wrenchway brand, and I think that helps everybody, wow,
0: you know to certainly to fill a need that we have (laughs) desperately, you definitely had some vision there. And so let's, let's talk about that and why there's such a need right now. And one of the panels that you and I were um, on before is about, you know, how do we attract, you know, good internal customers, how do we retain them and all of that. And, and that was, I think a year ago, two years ago. and, you know, it's, it's been the same conversation, like a broken record, I think for (laughs) several years now. And I know most of us in the industry, we started having an issue finding techs or, you know, good service advisors years ago. And everybody said, boy, we better start doing something because this is changing. Not as many people are learning, you know, trades and becoming technicians and, you know, every day and every year, like, yeah, less and less people are coming in the industry. And, more and more people are retiring or going to a different industry. And here we are, you know, fast forward all these years later and holy cow, many of you have not done a damn thing differently <laughs> other than say, man, we better really, you know, do something right. I mean, yeah, it's like, it hurts, it hurts my head as a, as a coach, as a motivator, as a business person, it, it hurts my head to hear the same Statement. You know, we keep repeating the same story, and we're not doing anything to change the ending of the story, right? And it's—I know you feel it too because you get the same calls and and this days of throwing a job ad somewhere and having a bunch of people flood in. It is not cutting it. It's not cutting it in our industry or any other industry. And so, you know, there's all the basic things, right? People are aging out of our industry. We know they're aging out. You know, the average age of the technician and all is somewhere, I think, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. And so, you know, that's changing, right? Nobody has been telling their kids for years. When you grow up, honey, please, I want you to be a technician. That would make us so <laughs> proud and bring such honor to our family, right? We we know that all the basics. We know, you know, it, it's a hard job, right? You're on your feet. If we're talking about tax, but even service side, you're on your feet. You have to sort of multitask. There's a level of production and speed you have to have, and so on. And then it seems like in our industry, as soon as they get enough experience and really get good and hone their craft, then it's like, okay, now you're slowing down and what, right? So we have all of that. That's always been a thing, right? So we already had that stuff kind of stacking up. Now we add in, here comes government, unemployment things, right? And people, and I don't want to get into a political thing, right? But there's a lack of incentive now for some people to go to work and get a job, right? Because we're giving monies to stay home. Yeah. Pardon? <laughs> to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To stay home. Right. And so, so there's that piece and, and people are not driving. They're not getting their driver's licenses until they're like in their early twenties. If that, you know, so we have less car, so many things. And then yeah. we have people not wanting to work, which is just super fun too. And then now we have these new generations that are coming through that people love to hate and pick on that have decided, you know what, we're not going to be married to our job. We're going to have a fulfilled life outside of work (laughs) and work is not going to be the foundation or the bedrock of our life. We are going to do our thing and you be you, me, I'll be me. And, um, you know, I'll fit my job in there somewhere. And, if I don't have fun there anymore, I'm moving on. So, yeah, wow, there's that, right? So we add all of that in there and then we have everybody being sick. <laughs> and, and so you're needing to hire like 1.5 person per position so that when everyone is sick and in their rotation, all right? And then now, have, have you heard or done any seen anything on the portfolio careers? I, what do you mean by that? So my this my this I'm gonna be so boxy here and I'm sorry. And <laughs> I don't mean it to sound so boxy. I just am still wrapping my head around and looking at this as a positive thing. But the, the new sort of thing with like the portfolio careers is where a long time ago when we would look at a resume and saw somebody went from job to job to job six months, eight months a year, we'd say, Oh, we're not hiring that person, they can't hold down a job. People are purposely job hopping or whatever you want to call it and going from job to job to job to get different experience, to experience life, to find our calling, our passion. Right. And so this is like becoming more prevalent in, in what's going on. And so not only are they doing different positions and, you know, not staying in different all careers, industries, right they they want to fulfill all their stuff and i'm not saying there's anything around that right so don't but so in order to do that if they love making cupcakes and they love working on cars they want to work monday and tuesday making cupcakes somewhere and then they want to work wednesday and thursday working on cars and then friday they want to work i don't know somewhere else. don't want to work yeah <laughs> or they don't want to work so yeah. holy cow like what <laughs> about a perfect storm of everything that that and we're losing people to other industries and then the the last thing and i know i'm rambling and i swear i will let you talk (laughs) you know i'm seeing on a lot of the the boards and and groups to for especially especially our industry is to go and kind of shop around and go to different shops in the area get interview with them, have them make you an offer, see what their benefits are and all of that, and then bring all of that back to your current employer and say, here's all the other things I got. So I hate the word unpack, but so much to unpack here. So just, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Holy
1: cow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's I think it like when you list off everything that you just did it can really become overwhelming for a shop right away right because right you're thinking like all of these variables are working against me I I don't even know where to start this is this is brutal what do I do and that's something we work with our shops on is trying to understand that but I think there's so much more that goes beyond that and I always talk about how in marketing one of the biggest things is figuring out what's different about you, right? Like, what is what is different about you? And we talk about Value that with a, a lot of shops. Yeah. And a lot of times, shops just don't know that. They don't know that there's anything unique about them. And, and so, for me, what I think is the coolest part of a shop, one, is that you have content rolling in the door every day. You could uh, be telling your story through the things that you're repairing in the shop in general. But Two, we have cool stories to tell. You know, uh, my dad dad still has his independent shop in small town, Wisconsin. uh, That's going into 30 years in business, uh, an ATI client. And it's such a cool story of how he started. The reason I had to work in that shop when I was nine years old is because he didn't have any money. He didn't have any, any money to hire anybody. So it led to me answering phones and filling out deposit slips and doing whatever I could to help out around the shop but has really evolved into be a really, really good business and have a fun culture. Uh, I think a lot of times if a technician goes to a shop that might not treat them all that well, they think every shop is that way, right? It's a bad rap for sure. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And once you get that taste in your mouth, especially if you're a tech that's been to a couple shops that haven't treated them well, and not only just from the standpoint of the benefits they offer, the pay they offer, but Is it a fun place to work at? Is it a good place to come work at? Is it a place that you don't dread coming to work every day? And I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would have for a shop is first to look in the mirror and see, are you a good place to work at? You know, foundationally, you know, are you offering things like competitive pay so that they can take care of their family and not just saying it, but actually doing it right? Like looking at what all the other shops are paying really doing an honest assessment of who you are, because then you can build stuff out from there. If you're not great in those aspects, you're going to have a really tough time, and not just a tough time getting new technicians, but keeping the ones you already have, because obviously there's such a shortage. These people are wanting technicians. Every shop needs a technician right now, it feels like. So... You're gonna have a tough time keeping the people you have and if you can't if you have a tough time keeping the people you have, it's really hard to bring new people in on top of that. So I think really the the very first thing I'm for me in a position to where we we talk with shops all over the country every day, that's my first piece of advice is to look inward, look to see are you offering a competitive position? Is it something where if you put yourself in the shoes of that technician or that service writer or whoever it is that you're bringing in, is it a good place for them to be at? And if it is, don't shy away from telling your story. Understand why you're unique. One thing that I drives me absolutely nuts is when somebody puts free uniforms in a, a job advertisement oh, because I, that it's a it's that's an expectation, right? Like that's that's something that if if I'm coming to work and I'm going to get dirty
0: every day, I I would assume that I'm getting uniforms. You know, we we still have some of the older guard, right? That's holding on to the this is the way my parents did, or this is the way when I worked at the dealership coming up the ranks, and that's where we have to just throw everything out we ever thought about had when it comes to hiring, when it comes to engaging people, and start with a clean slate. Because as you said, that the free uniforms, or you know, one of the big things years ago is you have your nights and weekends off, right? And that was like wow, earth shattering. That's still in everybody's ads today. It's a given with people today. They're not working a weekend. They're not working at night. So it's not even a, that's not an eye catcher. Okay. You don't have to work weekends and nights, right? It's that, that doesn't attract anybody because they're assuming they're not going to, they already know. Right. And, and, you know, even the benefits that you talked about, we have to start getting more creative because if anybody and and anybody listening, I really want you to, look up the other job advertisements or postings in your area. And even not just your industry, not just the automotive industry, any, and see what does it say? And they all say like family owned, award winning, you know, competitive pay weekends off. So what, you know, or 401k great, but I don't care. You know, I could get that anywhere. So what can you do for me? And, and mm-hmm. we are in a world of what's in it for me and so if if we don't start making that shift and boy there are our automotive folks are making that shift kicking and screaming i mean they're they're digging in and they're <laughs> but you know to make that shift and we just some of our 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 members are doing such incredible things like Something simple is hiring somebody to do the landscaping for their, their internal customers. Right. So that when they work all week and hopefully they're engaged and they're producing and doing things for you that they don't have to go home and mow the lawn or, or do whatever. Right. But then again, at the same time, we have to remember to ask each person because Mowing the lawn might be your quiet time or how you get Zen. For me, that is not, right? So we have to also get away from that. Everybody has the same exact benefit. So I know with health insurance, I mean, there's federal regulations, but because you would respond well to having the the lawn mode, but somebody else may not. So, and I also see uh, some of our members, they're they're offering like three different packages, you know, and and giving them the option of, this pay comes with these benefits and this time off, this pay comes with this set and so on. And we're seeing such a higher level of engagement when they're the, the internal customers kind of getting to pick like, this is what's important to me. So I'm opting for this package. Are you, you seeing that in some of the other shops going on?
1: Yeah. And everything from benefits to pay, right? Like we're seeing more hybrid type pay plans from it both dealerships and independents, where either they get a combination of flat rate and hourly, or they get hourly or flat rate, depending on what they want. You know, I think having the ability to choose what they, what a technician wants is is really beneficial, right? It gives them some feeling of control over their life. And in a lot of cases, if, if it's like, hey, this is what you're going to get, good luck. Sometimes when you're that rigid, <laughs> It really is a deterrent from that really, really good technician to come work for you, right? And I think giving them some control, I think we all aspire to have control, right? Like we we all, I think, naturally want control over our lives. And if you can give that employee, that team member a some sense of control over what they have or what they' what they're offering is going to be, I think it just helps just satisfaction in general, uh, even for your internal team members as it is, right? Like i I think that's a, a really big benefit. And I think the industry's starting to turn that direction more. Uh, sometimes I get really, really excited about what I'm seeing, and then <laughs> like two weeks later, I'll look at something and be like, oh no, that's it's going back're doing <laughs> that We're
0: doing the backslide that you know w- when you can offer things and and allow that internal customer to make a choice it goes so much further with commitment versus compliance right when they're part of the decision and they have a choice and and they don't feel like you know this is corporate and i'm not being a slave to whatever giving them a choice something else i wish our our people and any business owner would stop doing offering somebody a week's paid vacation please take that out of your ads that is not attracting anybody anywhere. A lot of people have much more than that already. And so they're not going to leave wherever they're at with four or five weeks to come and get a week after being with you for 12 months. Right. And and they don't think about, well, if you go to the doctors, you know, if you give a week's paid vacation, that's five PTO days, right? If you go to the doctor's the days and another day you're going to see your kid at a recital, okay, now we're left with three vacation days. And the the shift I see all kinds of things online about, you know, oh, I had to fill out an employee, you know, vacation request form. I'm not requesting it. That's my time. I earned it. I'm telling you. And whether we agree with that sentiment or not, we better start understanding and how to work with that in, to our advantage, right? And seeing the positives in this and looking at it. and even the portfolio career and somebody working two days a week here and two there. If that makes them more passionate about what they do, if that makes them happy when they get up in the morning, so you're getting the best version of them that they have. Why are we just so afraid to try these things? Like why?
1: Yeah. And I'll I'll quote my good friend George Aarons from ASE, who he talks about this a lot in some of the content that I've done with him, but he says, all of us gray hairs and no hairs <laughs> lived to work when we were growing up. And he said, I think this next generation is working to live. And the I love what he says following that is he says, and they might have it right. And so that that is such an impactful piece to understand is that if you want those people to come to work fired up and ready to do some great stuff, maybe you need to look at this through a different lens a little bit. And that, you know, when we were growing up, we just love to work, right? It was our passion. That's, you know, for me growing up in a shop, we didn't go on vacations. We were in the shop all the time, weekends, nights, whatever. Like we were just always there. And- but
0: when the, when there was a holiday and the shop was closed, that was the time to get in and do organize yeah. inventory or make <laughs> labels or, you know, do something exciting yeah. like that.
1: We actually had little uh, cardboard cutouts for the windows uh, that were in the garage doors in the shop so that if we were working after hours, we could pop those in and not have to worry about people knocking on the door. So, <laughs> i, uh,
0: I <laughs> That's the best thing I've that. heard all day.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you'd always inevitably have somebody with a flat tire or something like that after hours, and you're just trying to get your, your personal stuff done or trying to get caught up uh, with shop. Related stuff. I'm the shop laughing clean. so
0: hard because I can't even tell you, like the the pain in the pit of your stomach when you're in the shop on a Saturday or doing something, and you know, here comes this customer interrupting us. You know, it's like
1: it, it sounds terrible, but How it's so true. How dare like,
0: you come in? Whatever you know, instead of being and embracing and what's possible, like wow, you know, I can help this person and be a great human and make their life better and whatever. It's like oh. But I, I just don't, you know, don't make eye contact.
1: Uh, yeah, it, 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 it was that way. And I feel terrible saying it. But it's also like when you're not supposed to be there in the first place, uh, And but we were just always there. It was uh, it was something where it, you had to do what you could do just to get some stuff done prior to being, you know, done and back to the shop again Monday morning. So, yeah, it, uh, it was always fascinating to see
0: how you could get around that a little bit. So speaking of that, the people today don't want to work to live, right? I mean, they 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 don't. And and maybe they do have it right, right? I mean, studies have shown how many hours a day working and all of those things and the stress. And so, you know, having somebody come to work every day, being miserable is I'd rather have 10 part-time people for a day or two a week that wanted to be there, that loved what they did, that really gave my customers the attention they need, that was part of my team, and really in the moment, than somebody there 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, from eight to five, being miserable. Interesting thing about that, you know, and I think every life is circles, right? I mean, there's always those jokes, you start out in diapers, and you go through life, you end up, you know, all these things, but... (laughs) I, you know, did a show the other day with um, two of our younger coaches that some of the people don't want to listen to because they're young, you know, and it's like their ideas are just crazy. And so we went through this whole thing about like Gen Z and millennials, Gen X is baby boomers and Gen Z, everything is like better alignment with their values that, you know, they want more opportunities learned and get an expertise. They want better benefits and they want, you know, um, more time off. And so some of the baby boomers were commenting and saying, oh, you know, all they care about is time off. And then when you ask all the baby boomers, what would you like, you know, what would make you happy? I'd like more time to spend with my family. So it's like, wait a minute, why are we criticizing, you know, the Gen Z and the millennials for wanting more time with their family? Because. You saw how much you missed going through life and working all the time, and now you're wanting that same thing. So how dare we begrudge them of <laughs> wanting
1: time? What? Well, I. So it's funny that you say that. I sat in a conference a couple of years ago, and I thought this was the funniest. Uh, this was pre-pandemic, but it was one of the funniest presentations I've seen. Where this lady was the keynote speaker, and it was this big stage, and she had these big video boards behind her, and it was a cover of Time magazine, but the the dates were covered, and it basically was going through uh, a generation complaining about the younger generation below them,
0: uh-huh.
1: and basically stating everything like boomers say right, uh, the baby <laughs> boomers say right now about millennials, but when they removed the cover, it was from like the seventies and it was the, the generation or two above the baby boomers that were complaining about them. And it was the same exact stuff that we're complaining, you know, baby boomers are complaining about millennials. Now we're people blaming the baby boomers for that same thing. So it's those generational gaps aren't new. It's just that they're not, it's, it's just always there. Right. And I think when when you understand that as a business owner and you take a step back and listen to the people and really understand different perspectives i think it can give you a, some clarity on where they're coming from right so rather than just saying oh damn those damn 20 somethings don't want to work it's more like <laughs> sitting down with them and understanding you know what is it that you value and how can we cater to that and sometimes it's really tough for, for maybe, and I don't want to pick on baby boomers, but baby boomers specifically grew up in a different environment. And so they value different things. And if regardless, and I I say this to young techs too, is if you can pull your boss aside and say, Hey, what is it that you value? What is it that you care about? And really go beyond just like, Hey, I'm coming to work, picking up a paycheck and going home. Yeah. But if you can understand each other, yeah, exactly. And If you're a young tech and you're out there and you've got another say a veteran technician that's been in the industry for decades if you can sit down and pick their brain and understand where they come from you'll have a better understanding of what they value and i don't think we do that enough not only in this industry but in the world as a whole is just sit down and listen and and understand the opposite person's perspective and I think that can that can bring you a lot of good. It can tell you as a business owner maybe some of the things you need to tweak, or maybe that benefit that you're trying to add. This is something that everybody would value. And if, if we offer it, that's going to make everybody more happy. It's going to make our staff more likely to stay. It's going to make recruiting other people easier to come to work for us. But I think it all starts with
0: listening and understanding what people value. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that's popping in my head right now is some of our, our shops they're buying dinner once a week for their team, for their family, right? So whether it's pizza or chicken or whatever and and doing it, well, do you think that those significant others at home on the other end that, you know, is going to be, never let them leave when they're taken away, you know, one night of the cooking or doing whatever. And I think, you know, again, like you said, listening, so. if spending time with your family or, you know, being home in time for dinner is something really important, then how do we enhance that? And how do we go one step up? So not only let's give them off enough time to get home for dinner, but how about we provide dinner? Like what? And it, you know, if in turn they are more engaged, I mean, it's, it's gold, right? We always look at the cost of things, a meeting up front. it's like I can't afford to buy dinner for those people, or I can't afford to do lawn service or whatever, but you can't afford to not engage. The people and care about the individuals what they want, right? Because it's this is if anyone has not gotten serious about hiring too, and we're she's out of time, right? But real quick, Jay, I know it's huge pet peeve both of our our, uh, for both of us, but the consistency of looking for internal customers, right? It's like we, we throw an ad up there and then, you know, we ask, how's, how's that going? What kind of, ah, oh, I don't know. I put an ad two months ago. I didn't get nothing. And, or I'm, you know, I'm full. I I can't do anything. Can, can you speak to that for a minute? And then I, will you come back again to kind of finish this conversation?
1: 100% I'll come back anytime you want, Kim. Yes my number one pet peeve right is is when a shop fills their roster and they feel fat and happy everything's great and wonderful and then they just stop doing the stuff that started to lead them to getting some some really good candidates to look at and I think what happens when you do that is you end up making some really bad hires because you're you get desperate right somebody gets in a car accident or a technician leaves uh, you you end up trying to hire somebody as fast as possible because the the pressure points of the customers coming in the door isn't backing off it just seems like shops get busier and busier and busier and so to me consistently having a process having a plan and following through on that plan is so important and especially when you're full staffed like it drives me absolutely insane when somebody says ah we we don't need to to keep looking for techs we're full And, and then six months later inevitably they're short a person and they can't find anybody. And they're frustrated when they put an ad out and in a month, they haven't gotten any applicants. So having some level of consistency in a routine in going in and and really understanding what works. And, and honestly, I think that's a big piece too, is not everything is going to work in your specific geographic region. So figuring out what works and you know how you get word of mouth out there how do you get people to talk about the fact that you're hiring and how do how did you get people to look at you as a shot a destination shop not just another shop that's hiring i think that is something that drives me absolutely insane and and shops could put themselves in such a better position if they did it consistently and i just if people take anything from this it's have a plan be consistent with the plan and really execute because if you don't, you're gonna you, your life isn't going to change. You're always going to be struggling to find tax.
0: You know, absolutely, and and so well said. It's just same thing with marketing. They do the same thing. As soon as a shop gets busy, a lot of them turn off the marketing, and it's like, oh my gosh. You know, if you watch <laughs> TV, Ford and Chevy have been advertising trucks for two years, but there's not one to be had because there aren't any chips. But Ford and Chevy didn't say. We're not gonna advertise anymore until we get these chips in. You know, that call they didn't come from upstairs and saying, Jay, pull that truck ad. We don't have any chips. And as soon as we get some, we'll we'll put it back. They don't, but you know, I you know, my favorite analogy about hiring in a panic, like you just said, is it's like going, it's equivalent going to grocery shopping when you're hungry. Yeah. You're not making great decisions, you're you're being impulsive, you're in the moment, you're you're just looking to fill that immediate void. So Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you,
1: Kim. I appreciate everything you do and, and uh, am always willing and able to be on the podcast. This was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And all of Jay's contacts and LinkedIn and for the podcast and for wrenchway and everything is going to be in the comments. So make sure that you check them out. And Jay, I hope to see you back here soon. If you can call me have your people call my people <laughs> and let's get set up for part two to this. Cause there's so much about hiring regardless of everything else that's going on. And so everybody stay safe, make good choices. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.